have needs and desires and seek to discover our own erotic journey, you've come to the right place. This is Seek, Discover, Create with Lexi Silver, presented by SDC. In the next hour, we're here to answer your burning questions about relationships, sexuality, and health from the leading sex experts and professionals. Now, here is your host, Lexi Silver. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to STC Presents Seek, Discover, Create. I'm your host, Lexi Silver. Thanks for joining me. Do you want to know what it's like for a woman behind the scenes of the adult industry? Specifically, what it's like for a female director, producer, and photographer behind the camera? And it's my honor to be here today with Holly Randall, world-renowned erotic photographer and adult film producer, and host of the number one adult industry podcast, Holly Randall Unfiltered. I used to work with Holly some years back behind the scenes of a variety of adult productions, some of which I'm credited for as a writer and a creative producer on my IMDb page, if you want to check that out. And it was a very different experience for me teaming up with her versus all the male producers I worked with. And because of her unparalleled experience as a femme fatale in the industry, Holly and I are going to explore that fine line between erotica and photography, what it's like for a woman to be in charge in the male-dominated adult industry, and the different views and perspectives about beauty, sexuality, and adult entertainment that she brings to the table. Before we kick off our discussion today with Holly Randall about pornography and photography, I just want to thank our sponsor, SDC.com, your and my expert source of exclusive information about sex, health, and relationships, where you'll get access to a massive international network and dating platform of over 3 million members worldwide. We have a unique edition of Seek, Discover, Create for you today. Holly Randall's name probably rings a bell for many of you, but I'm going to take a minute to properly introduce this incredible and inspiring woman. So Holly has followed in the footsteps of her mother, who you may or may not have heard of, but you should know, world-renowned erotic photographer Suze Randall. And Holly has worked with the biggest industry names for top brands like Twisties, Digital Playground, Penthouse, and Playboy Plus. She's hosted Playboy TV's Adult Film School. She's been on mainstream TV shows like The Secret Lives of Women on the WE Channel, The Insider on CBS, CNN, and the recent Netflix documentary Hot Girls Wanted Turned On. So you can go check that out on Netflix. As an erotic photographer, Holly's released four coffee table art books, and she teaches photography workshops across North America. She's also recently launched a number one adult industry podcast, like I mentioned before, Holly Randall Unfiltered. And we're going to tell you right after this how you can go check that out yourself. Welcome, Holly. Thank you for being on my show today. Thank you for having me. Wow. Hearing all like, my accolades <laughs> listed like that made me... Sometimes I don't think about like how long I've been in this industry and everything that I've done. I was like, wow, I sound kind of important. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of important. You're super important. And it must be nice to just, you know, reflect a little bit for a second on all the things that you've accomplished and the time that you've been in the industry. Yeah, I think that's hard for me because I'm always like one of those people who's looking forward about like what I'm going to do next and future tripping on the next project. So I think I, I don't sit back and really like look at everything that I've achieved. I'm always like thinking about, okay, what do I have to do next? And I've got I have this project coming up and stressing about that. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword, you know, like being a perfectionist and being a hustler is like, it's good on one end because it makes me do my job, but it also like sometimes makes me like a miserable stress case. So it's kind of like good sometimes, not so good other times. Yeah, but at the same time, having that second to reflect a little bit about all the things that you've achieved should make you feel a little bit less stressed out. Like, I got this. Look at all the shit I've done. I'm totally fine moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So let's talk a second, if you can, about some of the things that you have done and how you got to where you are now. So, I mean, you, you mentioned 20 years in the industry. How did that, how did you get started? Like, I know your parents were involved, but how did you make that decision to, to, to join up uh, with the family business, I guess? So I was, so 20 years ago, I was at Brooks Institute of Photography in um, Santa Barbara, and I was studying photography. And um, I, I don't know, I was feeling kind of out of place in the school. It's a very conservative campus, and um, they produce a lot of, like, wedding photographers and, like, commercial photographers. And I wanted to do, you know, like, fashion, like, something more edgy. And um, my parents had just launched their website, Susanet, and this is, like, the beginning of the Internet, right? So this is, like, before... Um, it was like the wild west days, like before, you know, everybody jumped on board 
And my mom was so well known in the erotic industry. And because back then bandwidth was so bad that really all you could like get was pictures. And she's such an extensive photo library. We launched the website and it just started making an insane amount of money. And we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> like none. At the beginning, we had this graphic designer who took three weeks to make a banner. So my parents asked me if I wanted to move back home and like help them with the website. And at first it was just going to be like kind of running office stuff, um, helping them out with, you know, admin things. And I was going to uh, transfer to UCLA and actually finish up my college degree in world literature, which I did because my two like passions in life was like, um, like literature and photography. So I thought, okay, sure, I'll, I'll do that. Um, not really planning to stay in the adult industry, but as we all know, porn's like a black hole. You get them to fast <laughs> enough to the light to get out, right? <laughs> so like, once I was in, it was, there was no leaving. But, I mean, to be fair, like, I had a very different experience with adult than I think most people did. You know, I started working for my mom. So I grew up in what I call like the Sue's bubble and it was very much like a family. You know, we worked with the same people all the time, the same crew. Um, you know, my mom produced very high end productions, especially when I got on board because now we were doing so well with the website that we could like make no longer did we have to answer to the mat what the magazines wanted or any like clients. We just could just produce our own content, like shoot whatever we wanted and we'd make money and it was so great and we got to be so creative and we built such cool sets and we had, you know, the best set designers and stylists and makeup artists and it was just like, it was really fun. Um, and, you know, my mom was always really good with the models and, you know, taught me how to, you know, treat the models, how to have um, a set that felt safe and, you know, felt good and, it was just like, it was just a lot of fun. And so um, I really felt like this kind of suited me. And um, so, yeah, I just never left. Well, all of the things that you mentioned, uh, you know, things that it seems like you, you learned from your mom, and she set a great example, uh, the creativity, the high quality productions, the way you treat, you know, the models on set. I was there with you. I saw how they, you know, everyone responds to you so well. How has the adult industry changed since you started? Well, it's become a lot more competitive for one. Um, I've seen it go through a couple of changes. Um, our kind of biggest issue when we, when like things really started rolling and, um, you know, we were doing well but started to see a competition come on what was first of all video, right? Because mm -hmm. as bandwidth got better and people could watch and stream video, there was more and more demand for that. And we were really just photographers. So it took me a, a while to convince my mom that we had to start shooting video, which she did not want to do. Because when my mom originally shot video, it was back in the 70s, and they were shooting on film, where like to edit the film, you had to like cut it. You know what I mean? Like, literally <laughs> physically cut that. the film. Physically cut the film, like 16 millimeters. So my mom was not excited about going back into video. She said, like, she said shooting video was like going to war. That's what she called it. And she was not into it. So I was like, we have to shoot video. And so we just, I just bought some cameras and I just started like teaching myself. And I, God, I look back at that original stuff that I did and it was so bad. I didn't know that the mic had to be like right above you to get the sound. There's like chords in the shot. It's just like, it's a different beast, you know? So over time, I, I learned, I improved, I got better at video. And, you know, now, I mean, obviously, it's all about video. So yeah. before, it was like we would shoot pictures and shoot some video to go with the pictures. Now you're shooting video and shooting pictures to go with the video. Yeah. So, so I've definitely had to change my, my perspective my focus and which is, which is fine. But I mean, I'll have to say like at my heart, I always still feel like I'm very much a photographer. Mm -hmm. um, and even though I do enjoy, enjoy shooting video, it's still like, photography is like still my first love. So, um, so there's that. Uh, also too, we noticed like, you know, when the internet came along, it broke down a lot of boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. So before, uh, you know, we were like, you know, we were shooting for magazines and different magazines, different states had different laws. And so everything was very like soft core. Um, and then when the internet came along, 
suddenly it was like you could shoot anything basically and put it online. Yeah. So stuff got really hardcore, like really fast and hardcore in a way where it became like the porn Olympics. And it was like, how many baseball bats can you shove up your ass? And <laughs> like, it just sounded gross. And like, we were kind of trying to be more hardcore, but it wasn't really like who we were right. at, at our core. And um, it, it was a, it was uncomfortable for me to try to compete with like Brazzers. I mean, I remember when Brazzers first came on the scene, um, and you know they were they were killing it, and and we were like trying to com- and we couldn't compete with a company like that. Yeah. So I have noticed now it's kind of come back to like more cinematic stuff mm-hmm. and um, not necessarily so hardcore. And there's a new like appreciation for more artistic stuff and more romantic stuff, more like, you know, as they say, female friendly or couples friendly material. So yeah. I feel a lot more comfortable going back into that kind of groove. I don't feel like I really have to push the boundaries anymore and like shoot this kind of really like hardcore <laughs> sort of degrading stuff that I'm not into. So I'm happy the way that it's kind of come back and, and uh, I feel more comfortable in, in my niche now. And, you know, shooting that kind of stuff that, you know, you find degrading or that you, you're not really on board with that must really affect the way you, you're approaching the shoot itself, because it, from the perspective, from your perspective, so you're behind the camera, you're shooting something that you just don't really identify with. You can't really, you know, absorb it. How does that, how do you, how do you do that when you're not on board with the content that you're supposed to be shooting? Um, it's, it's hard. I mean, what, what I, one thing, and you, you'll remember one thing that I try to drill into my clients is like casting is everything. Yeah. Can't give me a brand new girl and have me shoot some crazy anal scene with her because her agent convinced her to do anal because she needs the money, which is not really into it. You know what I mean? Like I don't like pushing girls into doing something that they're uncomfortable with. And I can tell, and it makes me very uncomfortable. It obviously makes them uncomfortable. And it doesn't make for a fun day. So if you want, I have nothing against like super hardcore scenes, but book someone like Adriana Chekchik for that. You know what I yeah. mean? Like somebody who likes to do that kind of stuff. Somebody who's into that. Then it's like, I'm like super impressed. And I can sit back and go, damn, like I would <laughs> never do that in a million years. But kudos to you. That's like incredible. And it's, it's you know, kind of awe-inspiring. But I like, I hate like shooting girls firsts like their first boy girl or something like that. It's just like, I, I only want to shoot people who really, really want to be there. And sometimes I find when you're trying to shoot like super hardcore stuff or someone's first or whatever, you're shooting people who don't, who maybe not necessarily be ready for that kind of thing. And that's when I start to like question what the fuck I'm doing. Oh, yeah, for sure. And yeah, I do remember that. And casting is super important. But you can also tell as a viewer when the performer is not enjoying what they're doing. And if you're watching porn for the purpose of pleasure or to get off or whatever, you want to make sure that the people who are actually performing are enjoying what they're doing. Otherwise, there's just really no point. Right. Yeah. So there are some people who like to watch. Yeah people not enjoying it so yeah that's a whole other brand of porn and I know that we're not either of us on board with that so uh yeah Yeah. (laughs) but when we get back and we're going to just take a quick little break I want to talk a little bit more about erotica versus uh pornography don't go away you're listening to SEC presents seek discover create and if you're enjoying my show and you want to learn a little bit more about relationship sex and health and find new ways to spice up your sex life check out scc.com We'll guide you on your erotic journey with unlimited access to videos, podcasts, and articles from experts like Dr. Jess, Sunny Megatron, and Charlie and Ariane Williams. Visit sdc.com to discover and connect with your own erotic tribe and explore more at SDC events, parties, and travel destinations. With hot and fresh content added daily, you'll have tons of resources to start your exploration and continue along your path to self-discovery. Join over 3 million of our SDC members worldwide to seek, discover, and create with us today. Don't forget to use promo code 7070 for two months of free access to sdc.com. That's 7070 to get two months free at SDC. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Sexy Lifestyle Talk Radio Network. 
Mystery Vibe is where the best of humanity and technology combust into your pleasure. Personalized, the world's first body-adapting vibrator. Crescendo adapts, bends, wraps, and vibrates in your every curve and crevice. Use solo, duo, trio, or more. And with an app control that commands your pleasure across 12 presets. Oh, and you can even make your own vibration. Crescendo is adored by all, from feminists to Forbes. Go to mysteryvibe.com now for your pleasure. Personalized. You are tuned in to Seek, Discover, Create with Lexi Silver. If you have a question or comment about the show, we'd love to hear from you via email to Lexi at SDC.com. That's L-E-X-I at SDC.com. Now back to this week's discussion. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to SDC Presents Seek, Discover, Create. I'm your host, Lexi Silver. And like I mentioned before, I'm joined with Holly Randall, erotic photographer, adult film producer, and host of the number one adult industry podcast, Holly Randall Unfiltered. Before the break, we were getting a little bit into how Holly got into the industry. And we heard a couple of very interesting things that have changed since she first started. And what I wanted to, you know, what we left off on and what I wanted to explore a little bit more detail are the differences between erotica and pornography. And I, I got to say, one of my favorite quotes is actually from a porn star uh, from the 70s uh, named Gloria Leonard. She said, the difference between pornography and erotica is the lighting. So Holly, what do you consider to be the differences between porn and erotica? Um, I think it's a lot more than the lighting. I don't know. It's such a difficult question because it's like, there's so many differences of opinion um, as to, you know, what the difference is, if there is a difference between the two. I mean, mm-hmm. you could say that there's just like bad porn and good porn, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's all porn, really. I mean, when you say is there a difference between erotica and pornography, that's suggesting that pornography is kind of like trashy and dismal and bad. And I think that, you know, I, I mean, there's been such an incredible shift in, um, in porn lately that it's, it's been really amazing. Um, I feel like it's kind of like this new, like golden age of porn and we're seeing, um, a lot more feature driven, um, scenarios, um, where there's like some really compelling stories and we're seeing uh, a lot more quality productions. I think that the improvement of cameras has been a big addition to that. It's much easier and much cheaper to shoot quality stuff than it used to be. So um, I think it's so many different things, you know, it's the location, it's the models, it's the lighting, it's the writing, it's the direction, it's the cinematography. Um, and, you know, it's, it's the lighting as well, but there's so many different pieces to it. And, you know, there's, there's, there's like the beautifully like overlit, you know, kind of, um, X art style of shooting where everything's like white and everybody just looks great. Cause there's so much light bouncing around and that looks beautiful. And you know, some people like that, that clean palette. And then there's like the edgier kind of darker, grittier stuff. Like, you know, what Brie Mills is doing with pure taboo with some very like kind of um, edgy lighting, but like really compelling storylines and kind of like pushing stuff, you know, to the edge. And I mean, there's, there's, you know, story, there's storylines now that have like a kind of moral lesson to them, which is so <laughs> crazy. Um, one of the uh, scenes that I, or little featurettes that I really like to, to talk about when I talk about how things are changing is um, the, uh, that scene or that, it's a featurette, I guess, uh, The Weight of Infidelity, which Angela White wrote. Um, I don't know if you've seen it with her and Carla Lane. Not yet. Um, and Tommy Pistol, but it's really powerful and moving. And it's basically about a woman who is in a controlling relationship with her boyfriend. And she's constantly like struggling with her weight and struggling to like stay skinny and, you know, stay attractive, which is something that I think like all women can relate to. Yeah. 
And then she finds that, um, this is played by Angela White, and then she finds that he's cheating on her with Carla Lane, who's a BBW performer, and his version of control with her is about, like, feeding her and getting her heavier. And so there's, like, he's into control, but it's, like, it's a different kind of control in each situation. And when Angela finds out, it's kind of like she's, She's crushed not only because he's cheating on her, but because he's cheating on her with a bigger woman that she thought he found unattractive because he didn't want her to become that. And there's like this scene where when she's like crying and she's screaming at Carla and she's like, why aren't I good enough? Why aren't I beautiful enough? Like, why aren't I enough? And I was just like, (gasps) you know, like I felt that in my heart because I was like, oh my God, I think, like I said, all women feel that way, you know, always feel like we're not skinny enough. We're not pretty enough. We're not sexy enough. And it, it was just like this porn movie addressed this, this situation in such like a raw emotional way. I was like, I mean, I literally, I was like moved to tears and I was like, I'm crying at a porn movie. What the <laughs> f- is going on? But it was like this incredible moment where I realized like we're using this platform to talk about like serious social issues. Like who would have thought that that would ever happen? So um, it's just been, it's been really incredible to see, you know, um, the way that porn has changed and there's so many new players coming in and, you know, a lot of models becoming more involved in scenes. And so, you know, we're seeing um, input, not just from like, you know, people who are running the big companies, but everybody's coming in and and bringing their own like creative license to it. And I think it's just made it a much richer um, environment. And it's been really exciting to see. That's awesome. And that's kind of what we've all been hoping for because yeah, porn did start off kind of like you said, wild, wild west and anything goes, but the, you know, the social, um, I guess, uh, climate, if you can say that, uh, the social fabric is changing and there's a lot of, uh, you know, ethical pornography. This little featurette sounds like something that was written by a woman. So it's interesting because yeah, the industry is kind of changing a little bit more to, to kind of encompass uh, the the, fem, uh, the female audience and I guess the, the female perspective in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. And I think women are becoming more and more involved in the adult industry and they're, you know, and as performers have more agency over their own careers, um, we're seeing, um, and women are becoming more embracing their sexuality more and feeling more free to express themselves in a sexual way. And we're seeing that develop in the content. And it's, um, it's been really great. And I think that, that women have been a huge part of this shift in pornography. And I just think it's been, um, it's been a really great thing. So when you shoot, like, you know, you, you do your twisties treat of, uh, treat of the month and that, uh, you know, twisties is still a predominantly male audience, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, so most porn, we know <laughs> it's yeah. still predominantly male audience. That's fine. Uh, it's just, you know, it's, it, it is male centric. So a lot of the times with different kinds of productions, not necessarily yours, but different kinds of productions do cater to, uh, you know, what, what they think men want. So do you have to do that too when you are producing and directing um any any scene and you're doing it with the intention of you know uh, the company that you're you're working for is you know working uh, to promote this mostly towards men do you kind of have to change your own personal perspective in order to kind of get on board with that kind of thinking does that change the way you're doing it yeah i have to think more about like what you know the guys want to see so generally it's like more focus on like penetration more focus on like female body parts you know that's where like that that love of that like low angle wide lens big ass gonzo thing comes into mind (laughs) where it's like for me as a woman that's not particularly like exciting for me Mm -hmm. um but so when I shoot stuff like that I I kind of I think about that um and then when I shoot stuff, like I started directing for Wicked and I'm writing movies uh, for their passions line, which is like a, a kind of couples, female friendly line. And I think more about the storyline and I think more about, um, you know, what motivates the characters um, to get into that situation as opposed to like the plumber comes over and he's like, oh, let me fix your pipes. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like unbelievable scenario. 
You know, I try to like give it like give give the characters some depth and give them a reason to be together. Yeah, and it's that's <laughs> the plumber scene. That's uh yeah, that that definitely was one of the the first, you know, uh, pizza man, plumber, you know, paying the landlord, oh, I can't pay I can't afford to pay rent. It's the same kind of uh genre that we don't really see very much uh anymore, which I I mean, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. A little played out. A little played out. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> no, that's, I, I think that's really cool that you get to put a little bit more of your brand, uh, your vision, your perspective, uh, not just as someone with all this experience in the industry, but, and as someone who's, a, who's creative and who has made a career out of being creative, but also as a woman, which yeah. I think is, yeah, like you said, a lot more women are starting to get involved with the process of creating pornography and erotica in general. And I think that's fantastic. And I think also, too, like, you know, there's just the little details, like attention to, like, great hair and makeup. I think it's something that women notice, yeah. um, you know, like, good styling locations, you know, like, just kind of setting up this beautiful scenario, you know, and it's not just about, like, tits and ass. Yeah, and you're right. Women do, we, like... For me personally, when I am looking in a scene and when, you know, when we're working together, we are, the details do matter. And I think that women are maybe a little bit more attentive to that. Maybe it's a biological thing. Not really sure. I've noticed that pretty much across the board in daily life in general. <laughs> But yeah. I do appreciate a scene when, you know, the makeup is really well done, when the, the you know, the lingerie is really on point or uh, the, the scene is just set beautifully. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I like that we're trending more towards something that is more appealing on a visual and, you know, intellectual level. I'll, I'll say that intellectual level. Uh, yeah. it's, it's about time, basically. Yeah. Yeah. There's room for all different kinds of porn, you know, and there'll always be room for the pizza man and the plumber, but it's nice to be able to also introduce other kinds of scenes as well. Oh, for sure. So when you are, you know, you're, you're doing your productions, you're like maybe one of the, I don't know, I won't say one of the only women behind the scenes, but you're the woman in charge on set. Mm -hmm. And how does that, you know, how does that play out for the people who, you know, you're shooting, the, the, the different models, the talent? I've seen the way they are with you on set. I've seen the way you are with the talent. It's amazing to see. They love you. And I know they don't always have the same experience with other producers, uh, specifically male producers. And what do you bring to the table that's a little bit different uh, from, you know, other producers when you're, when you're working with, uh, with the scene? Well, I think like, you know, I, I try to make, first of all, I try to make sure that they look and feel beautiful. So I'm really picky about the makeup artists that I hire. I, I try to bring like really great wardrobe and stuff like that. So, uh, I mean, like for, if you start off like just looking terrible because you have some horrible makeup artists, like that's just going to start off the day badly, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think stuff like that's important. Um, I try to make sure that girl feels comfortable, that she feels that she... Um, can speak up if she's uncomfortable, um, that she's fed, that she, you know, there's, that there's healthy food there. It's funny. I get a lot of compliments from people about how like I have salads and wraps veggies. and like carrots and hummus on set as opposed yeah. to like ordering pizza, yeah. you know, like not thinking about like these girls have to be naked in front of the camera. Like what kind of healthy options can I give them? So that like they have energy to get through the day, but don't feel like bloated and disgusting. So it's like just stupid little things like that. I feel like make a big difference. And, um, you know, just trying to make sure that they're as comfortable as possible. If we're shooting outside and it's cold, you know, I have like these really warm, fluffy robes that I um, have and I'll, you know, make sure that like, the makeup artist or assistant standing by with it. So like in between shots, like we put a robe over her shoulder. So she's not just standing there freezing. <laughs> fix the lights. Just like, just being very considerate about how they feel their comfort level and making them feel like, you know, that they matter really. I think that that's really important that they're not just like this object um, that I have to shoot so I can like make my money and I can go home, but like that I honestly care about their welfare and that they're having a good experience and, um, you know, that they have a voice and that kind of thing. That is, I think, the epitome of what 
ethical pornography is all about is also is not objectifying the models uh the, or the talent to make them feel important that they you know that they're uh that they're comfortable making sure they're not doing anything that they didn't sign up for because mm-hmm. we've we've all heard horror stories of that kind of thing happening that you know they they on set they're doing something that they were definitely not okay with or that they're you know resistant to doing it but the producer or director maybe in some cases is, is kind of forcing upon them something that they don't want. I, I, I think it's amazing that you pay so much attention to, I, I, I want to say the girls because it, yeah, like you do, but I mean, even the male talent too. You're, yeah. I, yeah. I try to be, yeah, especially with the male talent, you know, because they've got the hardest, ha ha, So I want to make sure they feel good, you know? I like yeah. kind of, I'll like kind of flirt with them a little bit, like tell them that they smell good, you know what I mean? Like just yeah. kind of try to make them feel important too, make them feel sexy, make them feel confident and, um, you know, so that like, I just want, I, I just want real good vibes on set and I want everyone to feel like good about being there. And you know, I don't ever want anyone to leave my set thinking like, I wish I hadn't done that. You know, oh, I don't course. ever want that to happen. I want people to leave feeling like good about themselves and good about what they just shot. So yeah, also too, just being like overly prepared before the scene, making sure that I sent out the call sheet like a week ahead of time so they have yeah. time to making sure that like if the talent changes for some reason that they know that they're okay with who they're working with like if there's any like weird thing in the script that I feel like they might like not be okay with like make sure that it's communicated to them what my client wants and how they feel about that so just just basic stuff like that and you you're saying it's basic but it actually it doesn't seem like it's basic for everyone and I love that you see it that way because it's just part of your process yeah it's something very unique that you do. And I just, I, anyway, I just want to point that out because I really did enjoy working with you. And I think you had a really unique way of doing things. And I just, I love it. So yeah, I'm going to be raving a little bit more about Holly in the next segment. Uh, so don't go away. And you are listening to SCC Presents Seek, Discover, Create. And I invite all of you to explore your lexuality on my website, LexiSilver.com. For those of you who are just getting to know me, you'll be pleased to find my erotic stories and a variety of kinky sex toys on my site. If you dare to enter my playground, I'll treat you to 15% off anything you desire in my shop when you use promo code LexiSDC. That's L-E-X-I-S-D-C. And don't be shy. Come get Lectual with me on social media. I'd love to hear from you. You'll find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as Lexi Silver. That's Lexi with an I, Silver with a Y. Don't go away. We'll be right back. When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up. Lube Light lets you pop its cap for instant illumination so your lube gets applied to all the sweet spots and never the awkward ones. No more slippery midsection, unless you're into that. You can keep it turned on while you're getting down with your partner. Our ambient lighting is soft enough to never blind while you're doing the grind. No matter what lube gets you vibing, it's compatible with Lube Light. Easier to turn on than your last partner, guaranteed. Get yours today at lubelights.com. Also available on Amazon and SheVibe. Mystery Vibe is where the best of humanity and technology combust into your pleasure. Personalized, the world's first body-adapting vibrator. Crescendo adapts, bends, wraps, and vibrates in your every curve and crevice. Use solo, duo, trio, or more. And with an app control that commands your pleasure across 12 presets. Oh, and you can even make your own vibration. Crescendo is adored by all, from feminists to Forbes. Go to mysteryvibe.com now for your pleasure. Personalized. You are tuned in to Seek, Discover, Create with Lexi Silver. If you have a question or comment about the show, we'd love to hear from you via email to lexi at sdc.com. That's L-E-X-I at sdc.com. Now back to this week's discussion. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to SCC Present Seek, Discover, Create. I'm your host, Lexi Silver, and I'm here with Holly Randall, world-renowned erotic photographer, adult film producer, and host of the number one adult industry podcast, Holly Randall Unfiltered. Before the break, we were talking about some of the very unique things that Holly does to make her stars comfortable on set. And, you know, I've seen in, in person the amazing effects that that has on the performers and the quality of the production itself. But I know that it's not always easy and that's some 
sometimes, you know, people on set, they don't always get along. And I'm curious, have you ever had any issues with, I don't know, any of the talent or male talent on set uh, or offset, um, you know, in response to you being in charge of a production? Um, generally, I mean, I've, I've definitely had problems with talent over, over the years. Um, you know, I mean, everybody's got that story where someone showed up like so high on drugs, you just send them home. It thankfully doesn't happen very often. In fact, like extremely rarely, but it's happened. Um, male talent, not so much. I'm actually super picky about who I hire. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a very small pool of guys in the adult industry that I will book. And usually if I book somebody outside of that pool, it'll be because like the model requests it. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm pretty selective about the guys that I use. Um, my, my like kind of running joke is that like, if I wouldn't fuck him, I won't make you do it. <laughs> so... <laughs> you know, guys that are just like generally, you know, like the top tier male talent, really the ones that all the girls like. And even when I've worked with some of the um, male performers that other people have said they've had problems with on set, you know, we've had a few of those. I've never experienced that. I don't know if it's because they know like they can't pull that shit with me where, you know, they get too rough with the girl. Like they, I think they understand like coming onto my set. It's not that kind of shoe where I want you to like beat the shit out of your coat, you know, like, yeah, it's just not that kind of scene. That's not the kind of stuff that I shoot. So I generally don't have that problem. Um, uh, I mean, I've had some issues with female talent, but again, most of the time, it's fine. And, and usually what I find is that the girls that people consider to be divas um, generally just want to feel like they've been, they're being heard. Mm-hmm. And so I try to remember when someone's being difficult that usually they're not out to make my life miserable. Um, they just, um, it's coming from a place of fear. You know, they feel insecure about themselves, so they don't want to wear that or they don't want to do this because they you know, don't, don't like the way it feels. So I I try to keep that in mind, you know, even though like inside I might want to throttle them, (laughs) you know, I just, I really try to maintain like very calm exterior, have a lot of patience and just understand that this is, you know, it's, it can be a difficult job and it's not right for everybody. And sometimes um, girls um, come into the industry and it's really not the right place for them. And I, and sometimes I come across that and I try to remember that and I try to keep it as, you know, as, um, as easy as as I can for them. And then, uh, and I just don't hire him again. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good reputation to have for you though, to that people know when they come on your set that they feel good, they feel comfortable, that they're not, you know, um, they're, they're not going to be aggressed or anything done to them in a, you know, uh, in a, in a non-consensual way. I think that's really important. And yeah, yeah, especially, you know, with some of the horror stories uh, we've, we've heard in the media in the last forever. I want to say a couple of years, but we all know that it's forever. It's always this kind of thing has always happened. Um, And without naming names, I'm sure a lot of people listening actually know what I'm talking about. It's, uh, I I think it's really awesome that you really establish that from the get go that you're not fucking around on my set. There's none of that. Yeah. And I think also too, like, you know, as a woman, I can kind of like, I think I can see if a girl's feeling uncomfortable or she's feeling like her boundaries are being pushed and, you know, I'll pull them aside and be like, are you okay? Like, you know, is this like, how are you feeling about this? That kind of thing Um, that, you know, that they, I hope they feel that they can talk to me. And then I always make sure that we talk about boundaries before we start the shoot. You know, have you two worked together before? Okay. What are you okay with? What are you not okay with? You know, that kind of thing. Moving forward with that boundaries thing you were just saying, I don't really know that a lot of other directors or producers actually talk to the talent beforehand. I think they just maybe assume that because the girl's a porn star, she'll do whatever is in the script. Right. right. So how do you... that's changed though. Yeah. In light of the, the, you know, all the things that have happened over the last year, I think people are now real careful about talking about boundaries. And I think that's, I think it's, I mean, despite like how awful it's been, um, you know, all the things that have happened and the accusations that have come out and the girls, you know, that have been victimized, I think it's um, inspired a really important discussion that was a long time coming. 
Yeah, for sure. And it's even extended to mainstream outside of porn too, where, you know, um, let's say HBO uh, has, you know, hired people to go on set and talk to the actors about consent and about boundaries for, for love scenes. And I I had, I had dinner with a, with a friend of mine who is um, a mainstream actress and pretty like she's well known. And she told me that that kind of stuff happens all the time in like mainstream sex scenes. It's not just the porn industry where like women feel their boundaries are crossed or directors like push them to do more than, than they're comfortable with. So it absolutely happens in the mainstream industry too. And you recognize that as, you know, having, having worked in the industry for such a long time, you know, being in touch with, uh, you know, being able to see if a woman is uncomfortable and how do you, so when you're having those conversations, you know, before you guys get started and you're talking about boundaries and stuff, what do those conversations go like? Do you go over the script together? Do you, you know, how, how does, like, what's the, I guess, process that you use to make sure that the girl's comfortable before you start the scene? Well, what does help is that, well, first of all, if I have any choice whatsoever, I let the girl choose their talent. Mm-hmm. So, um, because I feel like I want you to work with somebody that you like, that you know that you have chemistry with, I feel like that'll be a good scene. And then you guys have worked together, you obviously feel that they respect your boundaries because you requested this person. So, as as often as I can do, I try to do that, right? So that helps. But um, what also helps is that I shoot the stills before I shoot the video. Mm-hmm. So we do pictures with completely different lighting. So we basically like feel out all the positions that we're going to do before we shoot the video. So um, if there are some like weird positions in the script, we'll kind of try it out in pictures. And if it's uncomfortable or if the girl feels like she's not going to be able to hold it for very long for video, then we won't do that. We'll do something else. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that helps too. It kind of helps us block out the scene and figure out exactly what we're doing. And, and then they know what to expect and what they're doing when the video comes along. Oh, that's interesting. I know not all the different producers do that. Sometimes they do the, uh, the PGs or the, the pretty girls. The, the, <laughs> I hate that they call it that. Uh, but the, those photos that you see usually accompanying a, a porn video to, that show the scene, they usually do those either after uh, the, the scene is actually over because video is the priority, like you said. Right. So, or they do it like during. During, yeah. yeah. I, I always do it before because I light it. I light it with completely different lights. I light mm-hmm. it with stills lights. So that's how I get like that, you know, like Holly Randall's signature look with the backlights and everything's exposed perfectly and everything's consistent and you can see everything. But like I said, I also like it because it allows us to kind of sketch out the scene and feel out how we're going to shoot it and you know like we'll try a position and then they'll be able to hold it for stills but I'll ask them I'll be like is this position going to work in video can you do this for five minutes you know some like upside down pile driver <laughs> like, you know what? I don't think so. I'm like okay then let's not do this position let's find something that works for you and I feel like that helps a lot Oh, definitely. And it gives the girl a chance to, to say, or even the guy, I'm sure it, it does. It happen sometimes that the guy is just not, you know, into it or I, oh, I for sure. it's like a weird angle and yeah. you can't really like get like the movement going or it's like, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Like sometimes it doesn't work for the guy either. So yeah, you know, it's a way for us all to like explore the scene before we actually shoot. It's kind of like a rehearsal in a way. Yeah. Like a run through. Yeah. <laughs> That's important. And I think that's really, it's uh, a little bit different to to be able to do it that way. So you're kind of uh, sketching it out first, making sure everyone's feeling good about it. Also getting them kind of in the mood. They're like, oh, that's hot, you know, making them, uh, steaming them up a little bit before they actually get started with the sex scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good process. (laughs) And we're going to talk a little bit about that when we get back, which can take a really quick break. And uh, you're listening to SDC Presents Seek, Discover, Create. And I'm here with Holly Randall. And I'm inviting all of you to join over 300 SDC members for an erotic escapade on the island of Crete this May. Indulge in five nights of passion at our all-inclusive Grecian playground with daily parties at clothing-optional pools, a 24-hour inside and outside playroom, and exclusive SDC theme night parties. As you meet sexy, like-minded people in the lifestyle, you'll get pampered by the hotel's five-star service with world-class spa, multiple bars, rooftop restaurant, and nightclub to satisfy all your desires. Join us from May 8th to the 13th for our divine Greek adventure. Book your rooms now at scc.com. Craving more from your sexy lifestyle? Search our businesses, services, blogs, 
articles and videos. And keep in touch with us by subscribing to our newsletter, all on thesexylifestyle.com. The Sexy Lifestyle Talk Radio Network is where you can build a new vocabulary to talk about sex in a healthy, loving, and productive way. Discover more about yourself and your relationships from our amazing sex experts who can't wait to share their information with you. You'll learn everything you ever wanted to know about sex, sexuality, sexual pleasure, and so much more on the Sexy Lifestyle Talk Radio Network. Listen, learn, and live sexy. are tuned in to Seek, Discover, Create with Lexi Silver. If you have a question or comment about the show, we'd love to hear from you via email to Lexi at SDC.com. That's L-E-X-I at SDC.com. Now back to this week's discussion. Welcome back to SDC Presents Seek, Discover, Create. I'm Lexi Silver, and I'm here with Holly Randall, world-renowned erotic photographer, adult film producer, and host of the number one adult industry podcast, Holly Randall Unfiltered. Before the break, we were talking about how Holly is on set with the talent, making them feel great, comfortable, beautiful, and, you know, not really uh, having that reputation that when people come on her set, there's really not a lot of fucking around to be done. It's a very uh, professional way of approaching it. And as we've, you know, all kind of heard a little bit in the industry that that is not always the case uh, with, uh, with porn sets or photography sets for that matter. So I just think that's a really great uh, differentiating factor for what Holly does. And let's talk a little bit though, because we talked a lot about porn. Um, let's talk a little bit more about photography. What it, because I, I know that's your number one passion, your first passion. And like you said before, your first love, which I mean, makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. And what kind of, you know, how is it different for you on a, the set of a purely photography scene, like a, like a, just a photo shoot versus a porn shoot? How is that different for you as, you know, as someone behind the camera? Well, I feel like I get to focus on the pictures a lot more. I mean, when I'm on most sets, I'm kind of rushing through the photos because I have all this video to shoot. Yeah. Um, So sometimes I let some things slide that I normally wouldn't let slide. I still don't let a lot of stuff slide, but I definitely like have to kind of compromise on how much of a perfectionist I want to be. Mm-hmm. So when I'm shooting stuff that's literally just photographs, it really just gives me a lot of opportunity to, you know, try different lighting, um, try different angles, um, just really like be a little bit more creative. Um, the thing that I love about photography, it's like, it's really about capturing this one moment in time and freezing it and immortalizing it, you know, and like every moment that passes by is another moment that will never come back. And there's something about getting that one singular frame um, that to me is, is, is so powerful, like more so than, than video can, can be. Yeah. That's so artistic. And that's just like actually very deep and philosophical. Yeah, well, I have an issue with, like, I don't know, I have, like, a personal issue with, like, time. Like, I always feel like time's going by too fast and, like, I'm not doing enough. And so, I don't know, there's probably something about, like, freezing time that is really um, appealing to me, I guess, on some, like, deeper level. <laughs> I think that's appealing to most of us, too, on a, on a deeper level. And I think there's kind of a, an interesting way that, you know, we, video is king right now on terms of social media and, you know, the world in general. We all have very minimal attention spans, but there, <laughs> there is something to be said about that photo that really freezes time, like you said, and just uh, shows that moment of whatever it is, intimacy, of beauty, of hilarity, of whatever it is that we're trying to capture. And sometimes, you know, when we're, it sometimes it takes a hundred pictures to get that one picture. Yeah. It's like there has to be, you have to pack so much into one frame um, that it's almost like you have to be more of a perfectionist with that than with video because video is multiple frames put together and, so if something's not perfect in one frame, you won't really notice it because you'll move on to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. But in a photograph, it's like everything's in just that one frame. So 
you can stare at it for hours and find all the things wrong with it, you know? Um, so there's something very powerful about photography in that way. And, you know, you've done a lot of uh, amazing work with photography. Your photos are incredible. I know that you just started a, a new Instagram uh, uh, account just specific to your art. And what is it that you see uh, you, yourself doing with the whole photography part of your, of your life, of your career in the next, you know, from now in the next five years, let's say? Well, my ultimate dream is to really like curate my own photography book. So I have four books out, but they were published by um, Goliath Publishing and, and they're great and, and everything, but I didn't choose any of those pictures. They went through my website. They chose all the photos. Um, you know, they put it together and it's kind of like a more commercial um, representation of my work, I feel, which is fine. Mm -hmm. um, but I would really like to just do something that is more like artistically appealing to me, something a little bit more edgy, maybe something a little bit um, more unexpected. So I'm really trying to explore um, shooting a lot more black and white, shooting mm -hmm. a lot more natural light, shooting a lot more... Um, it's actually very hard because I'm very like kind of locked into the glamour look with like the hair and the makeup and the extravagant wardrobe. So I'm trying to kind of focus on like literally just nude women with um, very little makeup and just playing with like light and shadows. And so it's all about like the nude form and the light and the shadows. And so it becomes very like pared down to these few elements and still trying to come up with a very impactful photo with that. So like I've had to strip away a lot of things that I like to add to my photography normally, which has definitely been a challenge. Um, but so far I've been really happy with the results. And um, so ultimately I really just want to, you know, produce my own art book. That's like, you know, super artsy, um, classy, something that people would be excited to have on their coffee table book, not something that they feel like they have to, like, hide from their guests. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I'd love to do an art show. That's, like, my ultimate dream. I've never done an art show, and that, that would be, like, that is the one thing I really want to do in the next couple of years. Oh, I love it. I'm, I'm so on board. <laughs> so I, you said something interesting, and I just want to go back to that. And I know how, how you are too when it comes to hair and makeup, the beautiful wardrobe, the, the glamour. So I'm curious because, you know, as a female photographer, seeing so many women in front of your lens, uh, no matter what kind of lens that is, you, do you maybe, I, I'm very curious to, I guess, here differentiate your perspective of beauty and and female beauty in, in general versus, I guess, um, a male perspective of beauty. What do you see differently when you're looking at that woman in front of your camera? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think like I, I look a lot, I think I might look at the face more than guys do. I'm not distracted by the boobs and the butt, you know what I mean? Um, it's more about like the whole package to me. Um, when I'm posing her, it's, it's about everything in the pose. It's not just about like how her ass and her boobs look. It's about how her hands look, how her feet look. Like it's, you know, it's, it's everything from the top of her head to the, to the bottom of her toes. And it, it all comes together in this kind of like elegant way. So, um, yeah, I'm really focused on, like, the whole package, the background, everything, not just, like, those, you know, like, eye-catching body parts that sometimes women are reduced to. Those details. So, it's, it's, it's about taking all of those minute details and bringing them together in a more cohesive whole. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, I'll see pictures of a girl – and it'll be just like her ass or like her boobs or like, you know, the forefront of the photo and everyone's like, oh, that's so hot. I'm like, are you kidding me? There's like an outlet right behind her head, which is so distracting. <laughs> She's got a fucking tree growing out of the top of her head. Like her eyelashes hanging off. She's got like zits on her arm. Like, you don't see that? Like, how do you not see that? I mean, my eye almost goes immediately towards what's wrong in the photo than what's like right in the photo, which is sort of a problem sometimes, but it also, I think, keeps me like, you know, keeps my images um, being the best that they can be because I constantly look for flaws and try to correct them. 
And that's part of the perfectionism that you were talking about too. Yeah. yeah. And that's something too that you get with your training, right? When you're, when you're actually training to be a, a photographer and you've, you worked with your mom, you saw the things that, you know, she did uh, that maybe she didn't love either. I'm sure she was, <laughs> you know, or, and is like a, a huge perfectionist. Oh God, she's worse than me. I mean, I remember like when I started working for her, like she would be like, no, you know, we got to get rid of this or the light's not right here. And I couldn't see what she was talking about. Like I didn't understand. I'm like, it looks fine. Like what's wrong with, you know, the hair and all this stuff. And now like I get it, you know, like yeah. after years of, of doing it and being in the industry, I see all of those little things that, that she pointed out. And I think once you start to like notice it, you kind of like can't unsee it. Um, a lot of times when I'm working with new models and like the one thing that a lot of people have issues with is their hands. Like they don't know what to do with their hands. Yeah. And um, that's a big thing for me. So when I'm working with a new model, I really try to like coach them on where to put their hands and why I want their hands in a certain place as opposed to others. And then if we have the time, which is like never, um, I'll show them the photos and I'll be like, look at this photo compared to this photo. Do you see like how the placement of your hand made things look different and how in this picture it's kind of distracting and claw-like and in the forefront and here it's like, you know, and they'll be like, oh, you know, and then once they see it, they get it. Yeah. Um, and then you be, once you become conscious of it and once you start to notice it, then like you see it all the time. Like I have a lot of, you know, my workshop students, I point out stuff like that and they'll tell me like now, like every time I look at a shot, I look at the hands and if the hands are like bad, then it like ruins the whole picture for me. And I was like, yeah, it's like once you notice it, you don't, you can't, like I said, you can't unnotice it. <laughs> That's really good advice. I think it's really great that you're actually also, you know, a teacher uh, in, in, in a lot of ways now that you've, uh, you have all these experiences. You've, uh, I, I want to say you've been around the block and it sounds fucking terrible, but, <laughs> but you have on a, you know, in, in terms of photography and, and, you know, shooting porn and stuff. What advice could you give to other women who are trying to become leaders in the adult industry behind the camera? What would you tell them to maybe inspire them or motivate them? Just maybe some parting words of advice. Uh, just practice, you know, practice, practice, practice. I've been doing this for 20 years and I still think that like I have so much to learn and I still see so much improvement that could happen in my work. So just, just practice. I think being a woman, um, you know, behind the camera will probably make it easier for you to find models who are willing to work with you for free or for very little money or for experience. Um, because I think women are, are more likely to trust a female photographer as to not having ulterior motives. So, so use that, you know, and um, there's, there's tons of girls who are interested in, in doing new modeling or adult modeling, but, you know, maybe don't know um, where to start or want some experience or some practice. So there's plenty of models out there that need, um, that need to practice as well. So just, you know, get together with them and just, just practice. It's, it's all about just getting the experience. Wow. That's, that's really good advice. Practice does make perfect. Yeah. So you've given us so much information about, you know, your perspective of the industry, you know, all the great things that you're doing right now within the industry on, you know, for photography, for pornography, really advancing, uh, you know, it, I guess a, a completely new genre of, uh, you know, adult entertainment uh, to uh, like within the world. So I, I'm so excited to see all the new things that you're going to be doing. How can Everyone else who is, you know, um, like tuning in right now and interested in what you have to say, what you have to show. And yeah, but how can, how can they get in touch with you after this? So you can always um, follow me on social media. I'm at Holly Randall on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm verified on both accounts. So, you know, it's me. Um, I also have my, my website, hollyrandall.com. Um, I also have the website for my podcast, which is hollyrandallunfiltered.com, and that's where you can go to find all the different platforms that you can stream my um, podcast on. And if you want to support the art book that we were talking about earlier, um, you can go to patreon.com slash hollyrandallart. And um, I have like a bunch of other platforms, but that's a good place to start. <laughs> and we're going to have those links available for you too when you're tuning in on Voice America and on my site also as well as on STC so you'll be able to find Holly no matter where she is 
<laughs> always find me. I'm easy to find. I'm everywhere. Yeah, you are. And I'm thanking you for being here today on my show. I really appreciate it. It was so much fun talking to you again. Thank you. You too, Lexi. Thank you. And thank all of you for tuning in today too. And don't forget to come and join me every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. Stay up to date with my podcast. You can also download and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play Music. And don't forget, you can learn more about sex, health, and relationships as you seek yourself, discover together, and create moments at sdc.com. Thank you for joining me, Lexi Silver, on SEC Seek, Discover, Create. Until next time, stay lectual, people. Bye. Hey, sexy people. If you're ready to start your sexual evolution, we've got some amazing prizes to give away. Some of the great prizes include Womanizer, the most advanced pleasure product for stronger, longer, and more intense orgasms. SDC.com is giving away a lifetime membership to the sexiest online community of open-minded people. Touch from experience, warm. It warms your personal lube, then automatically dispenses it with a wave of your hand. And we can't forget, Throws of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket. Keep your bed dry no matter how wet it gets. For your chance to win one of these amazing prizes, simply send us an email at info at with the word contest in the subject line. Your name will be entered into the weekly drawing and remember to visit our website regularly for a list of the winners and more information about all the amazing prizes and sponsors. Go to the sexylifestyle.com contest page and enter as often as you like. appreciate you joining us on Seek, Discover, Create, presented by SDC.com. Please join your host, Lexi Silver, on another erotic journey next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. Until then, may you enjoy exploring your sexuality. 